Hey everyone, and welcome back to a brand new season of We Need to Talk. I am your host, Melinda Hale, and this season we have an incredible lineup of guests, so thank you so much for tuning in. Your support has meant so much to me over the last two years, and it is only because of listener support that I've been able to make this show grow. So if you'd like to be a part of our Patreon community and have access to exclusive content and support the show that way, you can go to patreon.com slash Melinda Hale. Now to kick things off for this season, my guest today is an actor and a rap artist. You've seen him in the Warner Brothers summer blockbuster The Meg opposite Jason Statham, and he is currently starring alongside Wanda Sykes, Mike Epps, and Kim Fields in the new Netflix series The Upshaws. Mr. Paige Kennedy, thank you for being on the show today. Yo, what up, though? Thank you for having me. I appreciate being here in your presence. Absolutely. You know, I... I'm, I'm a singer and I've done a lot of acting as well. And I know that it's a common thing for people to do a crossover, but which started for you first? Were you more interested in acting or was music your first passion? Um, I was a rapper first. Uh, I started rapping when I was like seven years old. Um, and it persists all the way through elementary school, middle school, high school, college, coming here. So I didn't actually start acting until I got to college. So you know, everybody from Detroit, like they all thought that I was going to be a rapper because that's what I was my whole life, which I am a rapper, but they thought that that was going to be the thing that I probably went to do. Yeah. Uh, but then the, the acting opportunities presented itself, even though I, you know, I put myself in a position for it to present itself, but that's what popped off first. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, the music came first. So you grew up in Detroit. Yeah. So who are your influences in music? Um, Eminem, for sure. Love him. Uh, <laughs> Love him. <laughs> yeah. Eminem, Race of Five Nine. Um, growing up, my Detroit influences were Awesome Dre, uh, Detroit's Most Wanted, Esham, um, MC Breed. Mm-hmm. Those I were, you know, Those... when I was, when I was a kid growing up, uh, coming to age, those are the people that I was listening to from Detroit. So when did acting come into the picture? Um, when I went to community college, I went to community college to play football and then that didn't work out for me. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, well, I'm here now. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I, I'll be a theater major. Yeah. I want to do movies and stuff. And then I got in the theater and I did well in community college. And then um, I decided to go to the best school in Michigan for acting, which mm-hmm. was West Michigan University. And I continued there. And then I wanted to continue my education because I wanted to be great. And I went to graduate school at the University of Delaware for Shakespeare. Oh, wow. Good for you. What yeah, place did you do? Shakespearean train. I love that. Come on, come on, Shakespeare. You, know, you probably wouldn't see that coming from Detroit. You know what I mean? A rapper from Detroit. But, but I you- love that. I love that because you know it's funny that you say that because I, I, even though I do like more pop singer songwriting music, I went to school for opera, and so a lot of people wouldn't think that either. So we're kind of aligned yeah, in that. Yeah. Reality right there. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love that. I love that. Do you what? Are, what are some of the plays that you did? Specifically Shakespeare, that's what I'm curious about. I did Othello, I did okay. the Third, um, Mary Wives of Windsor. Um, you know, I I read and am familiar and have recon on most of his plays, but those are the ones that I uh in particularly were in. 
I love that. And I love that you chose to do that on your own because I think in general, a lot of Black people don't get exposed to that. Don't get exposed to opera, don't get exposed to Shakespeare and things like that, which I wish there were more arts programs, specifically in the inner city, to expose our community to that because the richness of it. And I I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how grateful I was for the education that I received in music. So I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure you have the same experience. Yeah, I mean, actually, when, when I first was introduced to Shakespeare, it was in my, uh, I forget what acting class it was, but when they first started talking about it, I was like, hmm, Shakespeare. And at that point, the only thing I knew about Shakespeare was words that I don't say <laughs> in Romeo and Juliet or something like that. Right. And the first assignment we had was to read something from A Midsummer Night's Dream. And I could not get past the first paragraph. The first paragraph of A Midsummer Night's Dream, I could not understand what I read. And so I stopped. And I went to class the next day and I was like, look, I don't talk like this. I don't understand it. I don't get it. And my teacher, Fred Sabosky, he said, listen, you should love Shakespeare. He was the first rapper. Mm. and 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 when he start to explain to me how to read it, how to get it, the things that I should be looking for, the things that I love as a rapper that he does that I'm not even paying attention to. So like all like I I have a an obsession with beautiful words, and so you will hear me, you know, in my normal speech, um, like say beautiful words because. I, I love them. And that was one of the biggest parts of why I love Shakespeare is because he had all of these beautiful words. Then he had all of this imagery that I would do as a rapper. And sometimes they're run on uh, thoughts, like the, the, the imagery and the metaphor kind of runs on for multiple sentences. And I do that as a rapper, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And so, and then the most salient part of why I love Shakespeare are the stories Mm. once i got into what the stories were and i realized that even in 1463 the same love betrayal murder fascination that is now was these stories yeah i loved it because i'm like this shit's still happening (laughs) it's still relevant it's still relevant and so so you know i had to break through like how convoluted it was and and to to break it down into parts you know and once i did that the amalgamation uh coalesced into this beautiful art form which i love today i love that well let's talk about your rap music you've put out three studio albums and i've seen that you've collaborated with a lot of heavy hitters in terms of production for your music and you know for me i've always viewed music as a way to share your views and your beliefs and i i I always say this but music truly is a universal language and i think whenever you're trying to get across a point or express an emotion music is one of those art forms that really helps people have different perspectives or come to terms with what they're feeling and i know i noticed that you had a lot of um, social, you know, social uh, political issues in, in your music. And was that always the route that you wanted to go? Or did that kind of come to fruition in the last year within terms of like the themes that you've been writing about and rapping about? Yeah, that, you know, uh, 
this is something that just, you know, uh, came to be within the last year because I, I've never been a socially conscious person. Like, mm. because I just love everybody. I just walk around and I spew love and positive energy. Um, you know, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I'm non-violent, I'm non-confrontational. I just want to love people, all people, because Michael Jackson is the biggest thing in my life and that's what I learned from him. And so, um, you know, I tried to shy away from these topics and things. And, and also because I didn't think that I would be able to speak intelligently about it because I didn't have all the stats or the schematics. And, you know, and so I just was like, I leave that to people like T.I., Killer Mike, you know, I'm not, I'm not militant black. But then it's so much happened, you know, yeah. um, and, and uh, it was so uh, prodigious um, in nature of what was going on that I just could not stay silent. Right. I needed to use my gifts and my art to express myself in the way that I do. So yeah, maybe it's not going to be in the same way someone else does, but I can do it in my way and, and get it across how I need to in the art form that I have. And so that's why I, I use this time to galvanize the truth to vote with mm -hmm. fear and safe. And then that just kind of snowballed into, um, I want to make a song for black women. It, they deserve it and they need it. And so I created queen. Mm -hmm. And you know, so I just started to, 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 to make songs that I think um, were important to uh, disseminate uh, the plight of black people right now. Was there a tipping point for you when you're like, okay, I really do need to speak out now. Yeah, the, 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 what, May, literally this month of last year, mm -hmm. when everything hit the fan, you yeah. know, you got COVID and then you got, you know, the COVID against us, like, it, it just, and then we had the, the election coming and, the, and the, the country seemed to be divided because of Trump and, mm -hmm. and I was like, I gotta say something, I got, you know, as opposed to just running out every day, shouting on my balcony, we need change, I was like, let me go and <laughs> right. help spark the change that we need, which yeah. is to get us out to vote, and so that's what that incentive was. So there's a couple of things, because I know you're a father and I'm, I'm a new mother. I had a, I actually had a pandemic baby. I had a baby in March of last year. Hey, and the pandemic baby. Yeah, they're ah. going to be different. Let me tell you, these kids are going to be different. <laughs> but I know you're a father. So when it comes to these social issues, you know, how do you have conversations with your kids about this? Or is it something that you actually try to shield them from until a certain age? Or like, what is your approach as a parent? Well, my approach is, I don't know if you saw the Fear and Safe video. If you haven't, you should definitely go watch it. I haven't seen it yet, but yes, I will add it to my list. Thank you. Yeah, it's the story of, you know, a, a father with his children in the car being pulled over by a cop and, and what happens and the deleterious effects of fear on both sides and what occurs. Mm -hmm. And then Safe is like the follow-up to it from the mother's perspective. And so, yeah, my kids are definitely immersed into what's going on in the world because they have to be, they're young yeah. black men. This is directly affecting them. And so, yes, they, they, they are aware. They um, are aware of my stance of how the decorum that you take to get home safely. Mm -hmm. um, 
yeah, I make sure that they know exactly what's going on. Do you think there'll ever be a point as black parents where we don't have to have that talk with our children? Hopefully. That's the goal, right? Yeah. The goal is that. But look how many years it's been, you know? Because you probably remember having that conversation, getting that talk, because I remember having that talk from my parents, too. And it's it's been a long time, you know, in in this country. And so when that will stop, I don't know if it will stop in my lifetime, Mm -hmm. but hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully in our kids' lifetime. (laughs) Yeah. So you also were really vulnerable and and transparent on your social media recently. And I really appreciate it because, you know, this month is Mental Health Awareness Month. And, you know, in the last year, we've seen really kind of a rise in depression, anxiety, and things of that nature. And you talked about how a few years ago after you filmed the Meg, you went through a bout of depression and you, you know, went through weight gain, but then you, you got out of that. So how did you combat that? And also how did you not allow yourself to fall back into that during the pandemic, during such a hard time also with just the racial injustice and everything else that's been going on in the world? Um, well, I, I, I have to ascribe it all to God, you mm, know, kind of leaves me. Um, but he's the one who, who helped me get through. I pray a lot, you know, and I was unhappy and, you know, and I talked to him and I, and I try to figure out ways to help me um, because I have an addictive personality, mm-hmm. you know, um, and when I like something, I go all in on it. Uh, and, I, you know, I'm addicted to food. And so it's a constant struggle for me, even now, even though I lost the weight, it's still a struggle to keep it off because my natural pension is to eat everything. Um, and so, you know, it's difficult. And even, and even though, um, I am consistent in the gym and working out, that doesn't matter. The gym and working out is just kind of like the, the, the icing on the cake. The kitchen is the main thing, and that is the biggest problem, you know. And so I I kind of go up and down. It's kind of fluid for me, mm-hmm. you know. Um, when, when I'm working on something, I know how to focus my mind and brain to, like, really be dedicated. But when I'm not, sometimes, you know, I'm lax and, and I enjoy myself. So so it, it, it is fluid. You know, I haven't, I haven't mastered the, or found the, the, the key of salvation. Like it's, it's a constant struggle for me and I have to be aware of it and not let myself get too far. Well, I pre- I appreciate your transparency because I think the more people that speak out about things like that, the more comfortable people will feel trying to either get help or just having the conversations in general. Because I think there's a, a human nature to almost feel shame when you have, you know, an addictive personality. I've gone through weight gain and gone through all that, especially after having a baby and during a pandemic, like I definitely dipped into depression. But being able to talk about it really helped me. And I'm a spiritual person as well. And I'm, I grew up in the church and prayer and God, absolutely. <laughs> I'm all for that. So thank you for being open about that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about creativity during the pandemic, because I know it was hard for a lot of people, but how did you stay creative and, and keep doing music and try not to get into those creative ruts? Um, my son and I got into TikTok during the pandemic. I love that. And, and you know, we were really big on Vine and we did that for a long time. And then 
we just didn't feel like doing another app. But then when there was nothing else to do but create, we got into TikTok and it got super fun. Yeah. Fun. <laughs> and so we 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 did that uh like nonstop. We were assiduous in our posting and um, you know, I ended up uh what maybe I accrued 2.6 million followers like you know within that time yeah um, and it was just a, a fun time and and it was fun to get this new audience and to find them and bring them into our life and to help them get through being in the pandemic as well that's awesome i love that i still am figuring out tiktok it's not on the number one of my <laughs> social media <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I need to figure this out. I enjoy watching them and I appreciate the creativity because some of the things that people create on TikTok, I'm just blown away by, but I'm yeah. just not there yet. <laughs> Do you get involved in all the dances or like what, what is your, no, your medium? I'm, I'm not a very good dancer. <laughs> <laughs> but the fun thing about TikTok is it's designed to be for your specific taste. Um, so the For You page, which is the normal popular page, is um predicated on things that you like comment on and enjoy and mm-hmm. so uh you can find you know stuff that you're into on tiktok just you know based off of that and i so, love it I yeah love it. i don't do the dance stuff <laughs> you're like no no that's not for me well let's talk about your new show the upshaws i i'm lucky i got to see a, a couple of episodes before it even dropped on netflix and i would say what I love about it is that it really is giving me kind of that old school black family sitcom feel, which I love because we've been deprived of that for such a long time. I don't know what happened and why that we just got stripped of all them, but like, I miss all of that stuff. So it was really fun to see that. And obviously you're working with veterans in the industry. You're working with Mike Epps, Wanda Sykes, Kim Fields. So what about the show really drew you to want to be a part of it? Well, it was a different character than I've played before. Um, and I chose to give him attributes that I haven't uh, necessarily used in my characters before mm-hmm. with this character duck and, you know, having an opportunity to work with absolute legends like Kim Fields and, and uh, comedic geniuses when Wanda and Mike, like this was a no brainer for me. Yeah. Happy to be a part of it and to be additive to the show. Why do you think the show is important right now? Because I think the show has um, authenticity that we don't often get to see in black sitcoms. Um, And I don't think that there's anything like it on television Mm -hmm. because if you are from a certain type of area, you know, maybe you don't identify with with some of the other shows that are designed to make us look like one way but maybe you really identify with this because this takes a real look at uh, you know a family that is in Indiana like in and and struggling through the world and making mistakes and trying to own up to those mistakes and make it more yeah <laughs> So, so you know, I th- I think people really identify with it, and because it's on Netflix, we get to curse, so that makes it even 
feel more real. <laughs> it feels more authentic. Yeah. That's funny. And I didn't even think about that because I know that Netflix doesn't have those censorships. So that probably makes creativity and writing a lot easier for people as well. I didn't even re- think about that until you just said it right now. <laughs> um, you know, I, I want to kind of piggyback on something that you said because I feel like in media and a lot of shows, we do see roles of Black people depicted in ways that we aren't really reflected, it doesn't reflect the dynamic of our community as a whole. So you do think that this show does justice in terms of how we should be portrayed in television? Well, 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 I don't see, I don't want to say that because, you know, like one black person doesn't represent all black people. Oh, absolutely. But that's what I mean, like in terms of the dynamic. Yeah. So I don't want to say that this show is like depicts the way that we should be no, I'm not <laughs> saying, you know, because I, I I think the the other shows you know have strived to show the uh, you know because before like it was good times and that's how yeah. people were and then then we move over to like family matters and 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 we can try and show more wholesome black families you know um and it kind of like you know stayed in that vein but this this show and the irreverence of it like i think is a breath of fresh air because we we don't see that anymore so not to say that you know this is the way that i feel like black people should be depicted but this is also a reality of a lot of people's circumstances and it needs the story needs to be told too they need to be represented they need to be able to see themselves on television as well and i think we do that well, that's good. And I'm, I'm yeah, I want to clarify. I, I wasn't necessarily saying that like this show is just how black people should be, but it is important that we show the entire gamut of how black people are, because I do think that in general, in TV and film, we are put into one little box and they don't give us the opportunity to show the range of our community. You know, you there are black people that live in the hood and there are black people that are also doctors. There are all black people that do, you know, study Shakespeare, Black people that sing opera, you know what I mean? So I I love that we are getting to explore these different ranges of our community and it gives everybody a chance to be represented. So that's really, really cool. Yeah. Do you have a favorite episode? Ah, man, they're all so good. (laughs) Like, 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 I've watched this show so many times and I have not gotten tired of it. I still laugh out loud because awesome. the jokes are so funny and the cast is so diverse and different and unique and brilliant. And I just, <laughs> like, the, my only gripe with this show is that it's not longer. We mm-hmm. were supposed to do two more episodes and we didn't because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like we suffered from not having those two extra shows because I feel like I didn't get enough. It's like, it's over already. People are watching this whole series in one sitting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so, and, and, and everyone's like, yo, where's season two? Like, can we have it now? You know? And that's how I feel. I'm like, how is this over? So, so, <laughs> so you know, I don't have a favorite episode yet. I have amazing moments that I love, um, watching. Um, it's just so, it's just so fun. Yeah. It's, and, and not just fun. There's like heartfelt things in there, like you know when 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 he when he takes. Oh well, you haven't seen it all yet. Don't give it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but you yeah. can give you can give themes or things that you guys touch on in the show. 
when 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 Benny makes a mistake and they go through a very uh um when they have a struggle mm-hmm. when they when they have a struggle in a relationship you like how it's handled how it's written yeah like i i love how it's written because it is not just funny it's like heartfelt too and mm-hmm. it's real issues mhm i i think that's great I don't want to get you in trouble, but is there any actor on set that you feel that you've learned the most from? Yes. Kim Fields. Mm-hmm. Kim Fields is my favorite. She is just absolutely brilliant in every way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've learned patience and grace from her mm. the most. Um, she just exudes that. And she doesn't have to, but she just does. And I watch that and I'm just like, Okay, that's how you do it. Yeah. That's how you do it. I love that. That and that's that's a really cool lesson. Patience and grace are two things I, don't, I feel like I don't hear people say very often that they learn from another person. So that's a really yeah, beautiful. I like patience. <laughs> I'm not very good at that. But watching her, I'm like, well, if she can be like this, all right, so can I. That's great. And what's the dynamic like on set, the energy with the cast? You know, everybody gets along. You guys are just having a good time. Yeah, it's a family. It's a family. And that seems cliche because you you feel like most sets say that. But that's what it feels like. When you spend this many hours and this much time around people that you like and enjoy and respect, it's a family. So aside from the Upshaws, what is next for Paige Kennedy? Um, I have a book I'm working on. I have a big, exciting movie that I'm going to do next year that I'm happy about. Um, but the most exciting thing for me is this Page album. It's just really, really important. Mm-hmm. It's an important album. It's the type of album that if someone else put this out, J. Cole or Kendrick or somebody else put this out, this would be like a Grammy type of album because... Mm-hmm. Um, it's importance to the community. And so, you know, I implore you as well as everyone else to, you know, take the time to go look at uh, some of these videos that are, um, they, they will really make you emotional and take you on a ride um, and give perspective and, and, you know, and then listen to this album. This album, my favorite song on the album is called Flowers. And I just listened to that one, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I loved it. It's my favorite song because, you know, so often we we wait till people are gone before we, like, express how we feel about them. And then they can't experience that. They can't be yeah. a part of that. They don't know how you feel if you wait until they die. They're not the, the, the likes and comments. They can't see any of that. It's not for them. It's for you. And so yeah. how about, and so I've taken it upon myself. I do a flowers challenge every week where I take someone that I love that inspired me, that made me feel a certain way. And then I give them their flowers on my Instagram and so that everybody else can too, so that they can see it. That's a beautiful sentiment. You know, the other thing about your album that uh, I was really struck by was the cover art. Oh yeah. Why did you, so I know people are listening, but when you go look it up, um, it is a collage of all of the victims of police brutality. Artistically, why did you make that choice? Because those victims are me and I am mm. them. 
And so, you know, um, I am represented through them and they are me. And so I take, you know, um, all of the victims of police brutality and um, I have a confluence into me, you know, all of their images are coming through me and I am, um, I am sharing their love, their stories, their sentiments. I love that. It's beautiful. Well, I love your energy page and I'm so glad that you were able to be on the show. I wish you much continued success. Please let everybody know where they can follow you and where they can stream your music. You can stream my music on all digital platforms, um, Paige Kennedy. I'm also on social media. I engage with my audience um, at Paige Kennedy um, everywhere. And uh, yeah, I would love I would love to hear what you guys think of the music and what you think of the fear safe video uh, and setup. Um, and I would love to have conversations with you guys. So reach out. And don't forget to stream The Upshaws, which is on Netflix now. And Paige, again, thank you so much. And listeners, make sure you subscribe to We Need to Talk wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll talk to you again next time. Bye. Make sure you're following We Need to Talk on Instagram and Facebook at We Need to Talk the Podcast. And again, if you'd like to be a part of the Patreon community, go to patreon.com slash Melinda Hale. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.